Okay, so we are uh, here with uh, uh, Northern Ireland musician Lauren Bird. We're just getting straight into it. Um, I have had very little time to prep, so I apologize in advance. And this That's is okay. this is the first time we've ever really interviewed someone, um, but it's going to be pretty casual. Um, okay. But I, I guess what I've been sort of wondering mostly deeply about is just how how the last year has been for you as as a as an up and coming musician. Um, just just reading your your about page on your website, it seems like. Um, live gigs touring festivals that that was a that was a pretty pretty large cornerstone of sort of you know how you would get new listeners and things like that so mm-hmm. yeah how, how has the last year been for you um it's been interesting in that like so i started recording my ep um at the end of 2019 so i was like you know oh, i'll release an ep at the early 2020 and then you know do some gigs and stuff and then um so I had recorded all the vocals and all of the like guitar tracks and everything like that and then we went into lockdown at the start of March and we've basically been in I don't know what it's like for you guys but here it's we've been pretty much like I've been in full lockdown here since uh 26th of December (laughs) so we haven't really like all our shops are closed like we can only go to a supermarket um things like that so it's been kind of uh weird in that way um but in the summertime it was relaxed slightly so I could go back uh I made the EP with my friend in his apartment mm-hmm. um so I was able to legally be there in July and August <laughs> so I recorded like all the bass and, and like any back and vocals and stuff like that so it's been cool that I had something to like work on and release when I wasn't able to like go out and play because normally I just gig a lot um because I haven't really released a lot of music in the uh, in the past four years really um so it was nice to kind of look forward to releasing something and now it's kind of weird because something's come out and I'm seeing radio play in like Dublin and you know Kildare and like different places in in uh, Ireland and Northern Ireland and you're sort of thinking oh I could probably put on a gig there oh wait I can't do anything and I can't plan anything and like yeah so it's it's it is it's it's been weird but also like I love being inside so (laughs) it's not that bad So, so uh, uh, v- venues in Ireland are not not yet uh, scheduling things. Cause, oh, cause no. here in the U.S., no. there there is is optimistic um, scheduling for for okay. you know I think like the back half of the year, um, mm-hmm. but but that's also we have stuff like early next year I think is scheduled. Oh, okay. um, it's it's hard to know because. Uh, it's just because oh god the politics of the so like obviously i live in, in northern ireland and then there's southern ireland and they are two different countries but they're not really because there's like no border or anything like that so like the north are doing better with the vaccine rollout than the south mm-hmm. so it's sort of like it's it's weird because you're sort of like a lot of the time i live right on the border yeah. um so it's weird because i would play over the border a lot so so it's hard to even it's just hard to gauge what's going to happen. Yeah. Um, yeah. But hi, I'm just going to not worry or not plan anything, and then I won't be disappointed. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Um, do, do you like performing live? I, th- that seems like a weird question, but I, I'm curious. It's Well, um, yes and no. Um, I played like a COVID-compliant gig to nobody, but like four people that were like doing the sound and the video for like a Facebook live stream in December. And it was so strange because it was like, it had been over, I think I played a gig on like the 13th of March or something. And then that was like a week before we went into lockdown. And then um, 
so it was like almost like I'd never played before. I was so freaking out and like I was sweating and it was weird to take my mask off around people. Yeah, right. Um, yeah. And like one of the guys that was working at the gig was like a total like this is a hoax. You're being ridiculous. Um, like and I purposely like had put like um, antibacterial wipes and spray on my amp because I thought that that would be funny. But then he really didn't like that. And then he was like. Dr. Fauci said this and I'm like, okay, like we, we don't even live in America. I don't know why you're bringing him up, but okay. Um, and uh, so that was weird. I do like playing live. It took a long time to get to that point though. Cause I had like severe stage fright. Like I had to go to like a coach to like, oh, wow. she would force me to go and do these things. And I would have to walk in and out of her room and introduce myself to her. And like, if I started laughing, she would laugh with me until I felt uncomfortable and then stop you know like, like she was like really like putting me through like yeah like and it worked because now I like I'm kind of ready for anything yeah. but like I at the time no like I kept writing music and I wouldn't tell anyone Sasha probably knew because I would like secretly yeah. post it on the internet but yeah. like in my real life people were like you sing <laughs> like I. yeah so so how, how would that just how would that uh, stage fright manifest um before you, I you, just you got was a coach like, daddy. um, I don't know. Like, I just was a really awkward teenager and didn't really like. I don't really like being the center of attention. I don't like people looking at me. I don't really like all that kind of stuff. And but I loved music. Like, I always loved music. There's like pictures of me as a kid, like with a microphone and pretending to, you know, like I would sing to my teddies and like my bed was my stage and all that. But like, my personality was that of someone who would not do that. Um, and I think getting over it and whatever like i think i was like 21 or 22 before i ever played in front of anyone um and so i think it's really helped my confidence as a person now because before that i was just like nobody looked at me like nobody talked to me like i don't now i kind of have to deal with like people coming up and talking to me afterwards and yeah. like uh, i also like i'm just making very because uh, I'm not that smart, so I can't write metaphorically. And so, like, anyone that listens to my music knows exactly what's going on. So it's it's kind of cool in that way now. But I I don't know. It just The more you do something, you know, it's like anything. The more you do it, the less scary it becomes. Sure. So I would say I'll be freaking out the next time I actually do it to an audience now because it's been ages. But yeah, I, right. You'll have to revisit that coach. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so the, I, I was going to ask because, yeah, obviously your your, your lyrics are very, um, very personal. And, and you said you, you don't exactly write metaphorically. It's, it seems to be all mm. there, um, you know, e easy to understand. Um, and I have to imagine that there's a certain amount of anxiety in putting that out into the world. Um, but do, do you find that, that that's resonated with people? Like, do you have people reaching out and saying like, oh, this, you know, it's nice to have confirmation about certain things or, or you know, what is, what, I guess, what are your interactions with your listeners like? I mean, yes, uh, people do sometimes message me. I mean, I uh, I'm, I don't have a lot of listeners. Like it's cool when people listen to stuff. It's like if it gets on a Spotify playlist or anything like that, and it's like slowly, slowly building again. Um, but uh, in terms of releasing it, it's scary because like there's one song on the EP called Here Again, and it's like desperately sad. Um, and I would not play it for my parents um, until it came out because I just didn't want to have the conversation. Yeah. Um, and it had happened with the album that I put out before as well because I think I channel a lot of um, that sort of feelings into music. Like that's how I cope and that's how I like work through things. Whereas like when I'm in a great and when I'm in great form, like I'm not writing songs about it, you know, it's like uh, so 
Yeah, it's awkward in that way. And also because like, you know, I'm a teacher as well. And like, I have colleagues that listen to it. And then you're sort of like, yeah, I'm like, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, I did want to die at one point. Yeah. Um, but uh, in terms, but it's it's good because whenever I, whenever I play live, it's good because then people do tend to come up and be like, what? like, you know, I've had people say like, my friend just killed himself last week and this song really helped me. Or someone messaged me over the pandemic saying they were going through cancer treatment and one of my songs really helped them. And th like, so like you can't, like as much as those like awkward situations where you have to explain yourself to people, you know, it's completely worth it when you get things like that. Yeah. Cause it just feels like you've something good's come out of it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. You, you mentioned you live, you live with your folks and I, mm -hmm. I imagine that you, you, practice or, or rehearse at home so is it a situation where you have to like all right they're going to be out of the house for an hour and a half so I have an hour and a half or, or or are you pretty comfortable yeah. just playing when they're around um it's a bit of both I tend to not write songs when they're here uh but uh just because I'm like you're try I'm just embarrassed whenever the when you start to write things and it's bad at the start <laughs> I don't want anyone hearing that um like I think St. Vincent once tweeted like she'd rather her nudes leak than her voice memos and I'm like 100% agree <laughs> like like 100% um I'm fine when because like honestly they are they're dotes the two of them and they are my biggest fans and my dad like cried when he heard the EP Aww. and like you know Aww. sent me texts and um like it really it, they love it and they're really supportive and so what, playing the stuff that they've already heard is fine but playing new stuff especially when it's very personal then uh, it's a bit awkward yeah um so when when you write um do you do you find that uh, lyrics or or more melodies come to you first um it tends to be sort of like lyrics but I, I'm trying really hard to work on the way that I write music um, because I tend to just be like something will be kind of in my brain for a little bit, like an idea of something. And then I'll sit down and just start strumming or uh, picking something and then singing over it and finding a melody that way. But um, and that's tended to be how I do it. But this only will happen like once every three or four months. Mm. Um, like it's not something I sit down and go, right, I'm going to write a song and let's like, you know, <clears throat> write a load of bad songs until you write a good song kind of thing. Um, so I'm trying to work on that a little bit, but it, it usually is lyrics because that tends to be sort of where it always starts. It's just because it's almost like a diary entry and then I just make it a music song, mm. <laughs> a musical song. <laughs> um, I <laughs> And and are, are you are you one of those that uh, that carries a notebook around or is it all just you know random notes in your phone? Um, I have like I have like four different notebooks and write in none of them, um, and I just only write in my phone. Um, like I have one notebook that's like my songs book, but like I will never start a song in that. I have to write it in perfectly because I because I also have OCD. So I'm like, if I mess that song up, it's wrong. Like if it's written wrong, like I. Um, so it tends to be mainly just voice memos um, and typing it in my notes afterwards. <laughs> I, I totally understand the concept of an aspirational notebook of like, oh, I'm, mm -hmm. I'm just going to fill these pages with beautiful words. And it, yeah. but it's always, oh, no, no, yeah. no, I can't. I can't sully the page with these dumb thoughts. Yeah. Um, yeah. Someone might find it. I can't password protect my notebooks. Yeah, right. Yeah. 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 And yeah, and those those cool. little journals with the tiny lockets on it, you can just mm. bust those open. My brother used to pick into them all the time when I was like nine. I'm not trusting those. Like, yeah. Uh so so you mentioned uh, you just mentioned brother. Uh, do you have do you have other siblings or are are, are any of them musical or creative? <laughs> no. I have um one brother. Um and he can't even 
clapping time um oh, and he finds Corbin. it very frustrating because so uh it's good in oh. one way because he's very academic like he's a chemistry teacher um and not that i wasn't like i wasn't bad at school or anything but it just wasn't like a passion of mine um to go mm-hmm. into like academia academia um so i always used to be like he was the one they could brag about while i just sort of <laughs> tittered around and did stuff like on the yeah. internet um but no my dad can kind of sing but he chooses to believe that he doesn't my granny played like the organ in the chapel um and that's about it i I don't my cousin used to play like brass instruments and i would go down to his house all the time and he would just like show me stuff on the keyboard and whatever and i think that must have been where it came from because my actual like immediate family like no i mean i went through their record collection to see if there was anything decent and i i got one record out of like 23 or something that they had that was decent it had like they had like a virgin by madonna i checked that okay and then the rest was like the pope comes to ireland and like yeah that's what i was just about to say the kind of things that they used to press to vinyl is pretty yeah. crazy yeah like yeah. speeches yeah. and yeah uh, yeah uh, yeah pretty funny <laughs> um oh, i had a question but uh, 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 Sasha Mike, question Jillian, any, yeah, yeah of course mm-hmm. Lauren, you mentioned that you're a te- you mentioned your brother's a teacher, and then you said that you're a teacher as well. Is that correct? I'm like a like a music instrument teacher, so I'm Ooh. not like a school teacher teacher. I travel around schools and teach. Oh, um, like, like you you go school to school, and like kids come see you privately, like one on one or in small groups. Like how does that? I, work? I so so I um. I go, I work in like 14 schools, which is why I can't go to work right now because it's like, because I'm an external visitor and I can spread it everywhere. Um, so, uh, but I, I travel around schools and I teach, um, violin, viola and cello. And then at, I know, and then at, but I don't really play cello. Um, they're like, you play one string instrument so you can teach all three. And then I'm like, sure. Um, So I was like, over the pandemic, I was like, I'm going to be so good at cello. And I lifted it twice. Um, <laughs> so I, te- I so I teach string instruments in, in pri- primary schools. So uh, elementary schools. So uh, yeah. from like the age of seven to 11. Um, and then I teach guitar privately at home and then after work. So <laughs> just working away, working too much probably, which has been cool because it's the pandemic. Obviously, you can't. <laughs> so it's been nice to chill for a bit. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's it's good. I love it. Like because for a long time I didn't have this job. I was just sort of like putting a wild lot of pressure on myself to like, um, if this album doesn't do well, then like everything's awful and I will never do anything that I want to do and like just that I would never be happy. Um, and then I found this job. I got this job and, um, it's been like oh I can actually like start like because I loved my music teachers. Like I loved going to school and learning music. So um, it's kind of nice to like feel like you're doing that for another generation someone else yeah that's really cool i love seeing musicians that make like make their livings in both like doing their own art and also like like their their nine to five is like getting paid to like Mm -hmm. teach and everything Mm -hmm. and that fulfills them just as much i have a lot of friends that do that Mm -hmm. i I'm not a good teacher, so I do not, but a lot of, um, yeah, I, I asked Jillian to teach me opera singing and she was like, I don't think I can do that. Also, <laughs> also your voice I is terrible. Anyone could. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't really ask that. I thought your, your voice was not bad at all in that karaoke review. No. Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, so I'm, I'm curious, uh, do, do you go to a lot of concerts or did you, um, 
before yeah. the world ended. Um, so yeah. I'm curious, curious to know what the last concert you went to before lockdown and what you would like the first concert to, you know, to be once that's a thing again. Yeah. Uh, so my, the last concert I was at was Slater Kenny, uh, in March. Um, like, and I remember cause my friend is a radiographer. She works in a hospital. So she's been dealing with like COVID patients this whole year and a half. Um, and we went and we were at the barrier and the people next to us had followed them around Europe. And I remember turning to Rachel and being like, is this a good idea? Like, maybe we're going to get COVID from Carrie Brownstein. Like, what's going to, like, like, literally, that was like my brain. But we were like laughing about it, kind of like, oh, because I just, I, I don't think anyone in March oh, last year no. thought this no. was going to be what it was going to be. No, um, no. So I saw, I saw Slater Kenny in March. Um, and then I, okay. So I have a lot of concerts probably like you guys in limbo where they're like mm. being rescheduled and pushed and pushed and pushed. Um, the f- next one I think on the agenda that hasn't been pushed as of yet is Alanis Morissette in October. Oh, fantastic. Um, and I think that would be a like such a great one to start, but like just to like scream yeah. and yeah. cry. Cathartic. Um, oh, yes. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. So that's, I hope that that's that one. Um, if not that, I also have a, I think I have a Green Day concert in Limbo. <laughs> that I would, with Green Day, Fall Out Boy, and Weezer. Oh, right. Oh, shit. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so, I, so I would really hope they don't cancel that because I really want to see. I've never seen Weezer. I've seen the other two, but I've never seen Weezer. Um, yeah. You know, the pinnacle of great music is Weezer and all that. Um, <laughs> but I, um, I enjoy their songs. You know, the Blue Album was great. Um, <laughs> for anyone listening, yes, I am white. Um, and then... Uh, but yeah, I just, I, I used to go to concerts every other weekend, like, so it's been hard, but also my tinnitus has been so much better, so I can't really oh, um, yeah. whimper about it too much. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. I, I uh, my, mine hasn't been, I think it's a, it's a, it's a degrading state, Stress. but I, I, you know, I, I figure just lean, I, I get it comes when I'm stressed. <laughs> yeah, lean into it at some point, right? Just, mm-hmm. uh, I'm, start singing along with it, it's yeah. fine, it's like, it's like <laughs> a, your own personal organ. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, is that a, is that a G sharp? <laughs> like, like and oh no, it went away, and I'll never hear that note again. Um, <laughs> so um, no, but that makes me so sad. Sorry, whenever I am like, that's a frequency I'll never hear again. Yeah, I, like it, I, it, it occurs to me every single time, and yeah. it's just a real bummer. Is that why the podcast is called? Sorry, I'm not interviewing you. No, please. <laughs> is that is that why the podcast is called? Did you bring earplugs? Uh, it's it's not, but uh, you know, oh, okay. I'm, I'm happy to embrace that as a rationalization. I think that's a good reason. Yeah, yeah, it's a good reason. Yeah. So I also read on your your about that um, the sort of the the early part of your career is marked by by an injury. um, (laughs) That uh, so so is that something that you're still, I guess, having to deal with, or is that something you've recovered from? Um, Like like does it still affect your day to day as as a as a musician? Uh, Sometimes. uh, So. I have repetitive strain injury in my hands because um, you can't tell, but I'm five foot zero. Um, I'm really small. My hand, like I teach kids that are like nine and their hands are bigger than mine. So I really like, that's why I don't believe in God because if I, if I was given like a musical ability and then they're like, but your hands can't play the piano. You know what I mean? Like, it's like not, it's very mean. Um, can, can you stretch, so, an, can you stretch an octave on a just about, piano? But basically it came about when I was at university. Um, I studied music there, uh, in Belfast. Um, and then 
we had like a whole course on like figured bass, which is like octave bass on the piano. And I kept being like, I think this is not, I don't, I think like I physically can't do this. And they were like, you can do it or you'll fail, you know? So I had to keep doing it. And then I destroyed both my hands and then I had to wear splints for the rest of the year. Like a real cool person would. Um, (laughs) I had to like type all my essays with my hands, like at a 90 degree angle from the computer. And um, so then I couldn't, yeah, I couldn't play guitar and I couldn't play piano anymore um, for a long time. So I started playing the ukulele. And then in recent years, I've just decided to buy children's guitars and it really helped. Yeah. turns out um oh, but at the minute that's kind of flaring up because i'm working on my grade eight on the guitar um and so like some of the scales are a bit tricky but um it happens from time to time i also think i'm probably just getting arthritis because i'm pushing 30 oh. and it's like a thing in my family so um but it'll be grand it sounds like you're in great shape <laughs> <Yay. laughs> i'm uh, telling you so so you mentioned you play a lot of instruments do you do you have one that you you gravitate towards for any any reason or another uh, the guitar, I the guitar is my favorite. Um, I was given a viola at school when I was seven because we do. I don't know what it's like in the states, but we do like a music test when we're in like primary five, so or primary four, so we're like seven, and then whoever's like the most musical in the test, which I don't think is necessarily fair, but it worked for me. Um, got get gets given an Whoa. instrument, and then um, oh my geez. god, <laughs> is it is it your dog? No, I'm sorry. I'm thinking about the idea of all these kids auditioning. Oh, <laughs> enough. Oh, I know because I have to now do those tests with kids, which is hilarious because they're like, I don't understand the question. And I'm like, I don't know how to help you. If you don't understand, it means you're just never going to understand rhythm. Um, <laughs> I know it's really, it is, it's really sad. Like there are always tears. Um, I know. Um, I feel like a monster. Um, but, uh, yeah, so I was given a viola, and then I was like, cool, I hate this, and I wanted to quit all the time, and then my parents were like, no, and then um, then I joined orchestra, and then I really, really thrived in orchestra for some reason, um, probably because I wasn't playing on my own, um, and then I got a guitar when I was 10, and then that was just it, because I was like really into like Sum 41 and Green Day and Avril Lavigne, and I was like, I'm just going to play guitar forever and be really cool. Um, yeah. But I, uh, in recent years, because I started teaching guitar, I obviously had to improve my ability at it. So uh, I definitely enjoy playing it the most now. Yeah. Yeah, no, the, the uh, at least in public schools, in my experience, the, uh, we get a recorder, which is like a... Mm-hmm, we do that uh, too. Like a, yeah. like a or a tin whistle, because we're in Ireland. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, so we get, yeah. yeah, we get recorder lessons in like what third or fourth grade, and then yeah. um, and then we have to get out yeah. of our parents, and then yeah. and then we're dr- it's drilled into our heads that uh, music is not lucrative, and and none of our schools can afford music programs. So then, oh, that's uh, really yeah, sad. no further music education. Yeah, yeah I know there's like schemes here, you know, for like kids that like uh, if they're under a certain like if their parents fall under a certain age mm-hmm. or wage, sorry, they um they get given like an instrument and the government pays for it or whatever. So. Yeah, it's it's great. I so like a lot of the kids I teach, you know, it might be like the only thing they can do extracurricularly because it's yeah. like paid for. Um and it's really it's really good because I think music, especially like classical music, is very elitist and still is very elitist. And I think mm-hmm. like schemes like this is gonna help make it less elitist. Even just the fact that you can't play a left handed violin. Like to me, I'm like because it'll look wrong in orchestra you know what i mean like it'll look when the bow goes the wrong way and it's just it's all very about what it looks like and and stuff like that in classical music so i think it's cool that like kids of you know any background can get one like i was teaching a syrian refugee here um he didn't speak english and he had learned only an arabic tunin 
Uh, and oh. it was very difficult, but it was still because he got the opportunity to come here. He was given a violin, you know, that he didn't have to pay for. And it's just amazing. Like it's, it's so I'm very grateful for like the program and, and the funding that we have here. Cause I know in the States, it's not the same, which is a real pity. Yeah. 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 No, there's no recognition yeah. of, of, of the arts as, as a legitimate, uh, uh, thing, at least in, you know, school funded programs. It yeah. Seems. Unfortunate. Yeah. Mm, that's crap. Yeah. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Sasha, yeah, was... Mike, did you have any questions that you wanted to post to Lauren? Uh, you were in the talk. Oh, well, if you have a question, go I ahead. don't really know. I don't know. Go ahead. I need to think about it. I had one. Go. Um, <laughs> no pressure. <laughs> have you um come to the States to perform at all? Or... Um... I'm like, yeah. no, I'm like, my brain didn't know. Um, but I would love to. Um, I've, uh, I've been, I've been to America three times. Ooh, um, so when I was seven, um, my parents had like shares in the bank. Like we were not rich people in any way, but they had been given shares. So I don't know how they got them. And they basically were given, they were able to cash them out and they got 4,000 pounds. And that was like the most money we'd ever had. So they booked a trip to Disney World, which was like the best. Um, me and my brother. So Florida was my first, uh, I think it was like George Bush era America as well. I was in Florida. Um, and I was, ter- the two thoughts I had at that time where I was terrified that I was going to get eaten by it a crocodile or an alligator because I had read about it and I was convinced that I was going to meet um, Brian Luttrell from Baxter Prize and we were going to fall in love. Um, (laughs) And uh, so I've been to Florida and it was the best. And we were like, I remember me and my brother being like, are we rich? Like like, it was like so weird. There's a hot tub here. And I remember like talking to a woman who was a soldier in the army and I just kept being like, have you ever shot a gun? Have you ever shot a gun? (laughs) I I didn't realize that like everyone in America has shot a gun. Like it's like such a... Yeah, Yeah, no, it's part of high school um, graduation. Yeah, it's just like, here's your degree and here's your gun. Yeah. Um, but uh, no, I, I mean, obviously guns aren't really a thing here. Um, but then yeah. I went to New York when I was 21 because there was no point going before that because then I couldn't go into any pubs. Uh, even though I don't drink, so there's a stereotype broken for you. Um, <laughs> and then, uh, so I went to New York and then the last time I went, I think it was 2018, I went to New York again because I really love musicals. Um, and then I went like on a day trip to Washington, D.C. to see Trump's White House, which was really sad. Um, <laughs> I know, I know. Uh, I was talking to all the protesters outside, though they were really cool. They like stay there every day. It's so cool. And then um, we went another day trip to Philly, uh, where I met another friend from the internet who showed me around that time. So I'll have to come to like Chicago. <laughs> like, yeah, see that cool. see that Green River. <laughs> yeah. oh, no, don't don't come during that time. No, that's not that's not our that's not our best foot forward, really. Yeah, <laughs> you're gonna see a lot of Irish Americans. Okay. That's all right. We have ones that like I have like a relative. Okay, who, who comes over here? I hope she's not going to listen to this. And um, she comes over here for like family parties and stuff. And I keep, I'm always like, how do we, how are we? And then I, nobody seems to know. I think like her granda was like my granda's cousin or like very far right. Um, but I have her on Facebook. She's a very big Trump supporter. And it's very interesting to read her posts. Um And then I have another, I have another American relative who is a nun in Boston. Wow. And okay. she uh, she argues with the other one because she hates Trump, so it's like it's quite cool. <laughs> um, I so um, but I would love like I love 
you know how people are like obsessed with England or like obsessed with Ireland? Like I am actually obsessed with American culture, as you can probably tell from my accent, um, which <laughs> com- which is just like someone who's watched way too much uh, NBC comedies. It's probably how we know each other That's from the internet. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I love America. I would love to come back and play sometime because it seems like some people listen to me on Spotify over there, which is cool. So it's probably Sasha. Um, but yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, you're 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 always welcome in Chicago, and we we speak on behalf of of the entire city. Thanks very much, well, well, Green River. If you can come. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All what, right. are some, what are some of your favorite musicals you saw when you were in New York? Uh, Wicked. Right. I know, but Wicked's my favorite. Um, nice. I, and my friend from home, we went, there was three of us, and she had never seen a musical. She was not into musicals at all. Uh, do you have pantomimes? What is No. Okay. <laughs> no, from your face, that is a no. Um, <laughs> pantomimes are like these weird things that they do at Christmas. It's like always like Jack and the Beanstalk or whatever. And then they incorporate like, it's always, you know, like just local people that do like acting and stuff and they'll sing like songs from the year somehow incorporated into like jack and the beanstalk or like snow white and the seven dwarfs or whatever like it's like a thing and we always go at christmas just and then you shout like he's behind you have you really never had a pantomime that's so interesting but i feel like that's something you've seen in like a lot of tv shows i feel like yeah they do that stuff like it's like it's like street performing right it's kind of like yeah, but they'll be like in proper theaters and stuff and like it's like okay. and they'll have like full bands and orchestras and stuff like it's like a it's wow. a really common thing here but so she had been to like pantomime but it's not like broadway musicals and so she was like sat down and was like is this gonna be like a pantomime and i was like your brain is gonna explode <laughs> when you hear this like so we saw wicked that time um and then i've seen um waitress i saw waitress and mean girls last time i was there um and loved Mean Girls. I loved both of them, actually. Um, Waitress's turn here next year, so hopefully I'll be able to take my ma. Um, or else that's another Mother's Day gift wasted. Um, <laughs> but uh, no, I love those. But my, I would love to see um, Dear Evan Hansen. I really want to see Dear Evan Hansen. I used to love Phantom of the Opera. That was very, very into, almost too into Phantom of the Opera I was as a teenager. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> you are not alone in that a lot of people feel that mm-hmm. <laughs> i remember watching the movie being like i thought jared butler was in this and it's he is the phantom <laughs> like i didn't know that yeah, like, the whole time yeah. i was like i forgot i don't know what he, he's not even really doing any <laughs> acting roles over here <laughs> he's probably he's doing panto he's probably gonna be in the next yeah, panto <laughs> <laughs> doing like a really bad irish accent like p.s i love you <laughs> oh my god yeah so Top of the morning to you. Come here to sing. Like, oh, God, that's so... <laughs> it's bad. Yeah. Uh, so is, is Pantomime, like, it's like a variety show slash, like, jukebox No, it'll be, like, it'll be, like, a whole, like, it's because we go every Christmas, so, like, we kind of know, like, you know what's going to happen every year. They have the gag of, like, they'll always do, like, uh, like a weird one where they sing Ghostbusters and there's a ghost and then you have to scream, like, it's behind you, and then they'll turn the other way. It is very weird. It's mainly for children, but they'll throw in, like, really, you know, dirty jokes the kids won't get for the adults um and you scream you just shout a lot it's a lot of like audience participation i i don't know how to explain pantomimes like well when, when, just, when we make the the did you bring earplugs uh visit to ireland you'll have to, you'll have to hey, i'll take you to panto yeah. if you come around christmas um yeah but it's 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 weird um 
they, I though that's and the way that they put sorry, but then the way that they put like some of like the, the the year's music into like Snow White is like something that I you you just have to experience like you just like it, you can't describe it, can't describe it. I, I'm desperately I looking forward to. It. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, any final well, questions? Uh, yep. 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 F- final round. I don't want to take up too too much more of Lauren's time. Sasha. 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 It's nearly my bad time. <laughs> um my question is just like a typical musician question is there anybody that you'd like to collaborate with like ever if you ever got the opportunity i mean the dream would be jenny lewis or (sighs) that it's just as jenny lewis like (laughs) i just want um i just love her so much um she and do you know what's really great about living in ireland are you all right jillian (laughs) what i'm alive my computer fell i did not (laughs) um uh the one good thing about living in ireland was like well there's actually a lot of good things about living in ireland i love being irish but um one of the great things about living there that's a better way to phrase it is that we don't have a wild lot of um uh, music venues so like a lot of times when people come here the, the choices you play to like 1200 people or 15,000 yeah. so like there's not really like any middle ground so you tend to see like a lot of artists you know in a small venue that people in other countries wouldn't get to see like um like I saw Jenny Lewis and like I think a th- like a thousand capacity there was like no bar like it was literally like I could just touch her from where I was standing which was really awkward when I was sobbing my heart out when she played with arms outstretched but um <laughs> Yeah, I know. Um, I saw like Lizzo in tw- like a twelve hundred capacity venue. Like, wow, that's amazing. I, it's crazy. Like, it's it's the best. I saw Paramore in a twelve hundred capacity venue. Like, it's wow. crazy. Um, it's another reason for us to go there, Mike. It's another reason. To move. Yep. Yep. come on, I'll take you. And Siobhan will look after you as well. <laughs> My friend Siobhan, you know as well. Um, yes. But uh, I forget what your question was, Sasha. I'm not gonna lie. Collaborate with. I generally say. Yeah. <laughs> I, no, do, I, I gotta tell you, um, A, I almost had a Jenny Lewis song as one of my funeral songs. It was A Better Son or Daughter by uh, Riley. Yes. That was almost one of mine, but then I decided to not be sincere. You imagine. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. that I literally just removed it from my list before we started recording. And then, second, my friend uh, Tony is a massive Jenny Lewis fan. And um, I don't know if you've ever seen the movie Camp Beverly Hills. I have heard of it, but I have not seen it. Okay. She's the child star in it. It's yeah. like mm-hmm. about like a Girl Scout troop. And when he went to her show, it was like when she first branched off to be a solo artist, mm-hmm. um, him and a group of his friends made shirts that said, Camp Beverly Hills, we love you, Jenny. And she got mad and did not finish out her set. And Because like, of the t-shirts? <laughs> what? Because of the t-shirts? Because of the t-shirts what? Wow. yeah and like was like ah, like like really mad like you don't do something like that or whatever um it turns out she does not like talking about camp beverly hills so if you ever yeah. she you- references it later doesn't she like she said one of her videos that's mad yeah. maybe i don't want to collaborate with her she's yeah. mad at me. i'll say i'll say <laughs> regina specter she seems like she'd be lovely <laughs> see Reg- regina I met her. she is lovely regina specter yeah. seems like one of those people who might live a very heightened like like her standards for living may just be terrifying 
you know, like, like, <laughs> like, like, like you have, like, there's, there's some, there's some crazy barrier to entry where you have to get like a tattoo and do a psychedelic drug before you have to, <laughs> you know, do something. Or, I will say I've never in my life been more starstruck as the time I met Regina Spector. Like literally, like you'd swear it was like, I don't even know, like Bono or something, although we don't really care for Bono. <laughs> um, pay Bono, if you're listening, pay your taxes. Your daughter is more talented. Anyway, um, we will, I met Regina Spector and I literally had brought a CD of hers and I shook my hand the whole way to her. Like she was, she, she felt bad for me. Like that's how uncomfortable I made her. Like she felt so bad for me and I, oh, it was awful. It was so bad. <laughs> Oh, I know. Probably memorable for her. It might be. It might be. Also, like also, one time I met Feist. I like met all the female indie songwriters, and I was like, she let me come backstage, um, which was very cool. And I was talking to her, and she was like, we spoke for like five minutes, and then it got to the point where like I forgot that she was Feist, <laughs> and she was saying that she was like, oh, I'm staying in Ireland, and I was like, oh, where are you staying? And she was like, uh. And I was like, I'm, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna follow you. Like, <laughs> it was so bad. Where are you staying? What and then room? She felt so uncomfortable that I said that that she then told me where she stay was staying, and then I was like, Oh, it's that's actually a really nice hotel. It's far away from where I live. I won't be there. Uh, like, it was... <laughs> oh God, it was so bad. Uh, I'll do it. Look, I embarrassed myself the second time I met Hosier, so. Oh God, it is bad, isn't it? Well, once I we start going to concerts to again, what? <laughs> I don't think I've heard it. I I don't know if I've heard it. Oh, I just like I asked him something about some scrapbook, and then I asked him like, "Oh, so how long are you staying in Chicago? Where are you staying?" And then I was like, "I'm not gonna, I'm gonna actually pretend I didn't say that." It was nice to see you again. <laughs> <laughs> so similar, yeah. a similar vibe. Yeah. You remembered me too from the the first time, which like made my heart um, explode. And then yeah, yeah, had to go. He's yeah. class. We love him here. He's class. I uh, I think oh, once yeah. once concerts are a thing again, we should start an offshoot podcast called uh, uh, "Did You Bring Earplugs?" Ask musicians where they're staying locally. <laughs> just be- <laughs> With your host Lauren and Sasha, just like die- like I. <laughs> Uh, well, Lauren, God, I actually sweated thinking about that. So sorry, it's like <laughs> no, I'm sweating too. And he was so sweet about it, but I like, I, I'm like, oh god, he probably thinks I'm a creep. I know what can you do? None of us are stalkers, we promise. Uh, Lauren, yeah. thank you so much for being here again today, uh, and, and for, for, for taking the time to chat with us afterward. Um, uh, one, one, one last plug for the EP. Why, why don't you lay it on, on the listeners? Uh, listen to it. Um, it's on Spotify, on Apple Music, and such. Uh, Lauren Bird, the farewell EP. You can find me at Lauren Bird Music wherever you stalk people on social media. I will not tell you where I live. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you can probably work it out. <laughs> she might tell you where she's staying on a tour, though. It, it just depends yeah. on you know how genius. If I can, if someone will pay for my tour, there I will do that. All right. Uh, Once again, thank you, and thank you to everyone for listening, and we will see you next time. Bye. 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 Bye.